going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Boom Boom Performance Podcast. Today, we have my man, Josiah Novak from the Fit Man Project Podcast coming on the show to talk everything fatherhood. This was a really cool episode for me, and uh, the reason I got him on to do this is because one of his missions as a fitness entrepreneur is to not only be extremely fit, healthy, and successful with his business, but to be the best possible father while doing it. And there's a lot of men out there who struggle to balance all of these things, and I can understand why. It's hard for me to uh, balance everything in general, and I have a baby girl coming into the world. Actually, by the time you guys are listening to this, she may already be here because as I'm recording this, we are literally... On our toes, we are on edge waiting to drive to the hospital to, to welcome our baby girl into the world. So Blakely May McBroom may already be here by the time you listen to this. But what we talk about on the show is exactly what his business is all about, becoming the fittest and most successful and just well-rounded father you could possibly be. So I really enjoyed this conversation because it gave me a lot of insight and it was, it was nice talking to somebody about being a busy um, successful entrepreneur trying to stay healthy and fit and balance their life and still have a relationship with their family, with their kids, with their wife, so on and so forth. And he touched on everything. He touched on his childhood and why he's been so driven to do this um, because he came from a rough background to exactly what he does day to day to make sure that he is still successful. And we talked about fitness. We talked about a lot of different things. So I think you guys are going to really enjoy this, especially all the parents out there or coaches who have parents out there because you're going to be able to help your clients who are parents that much more. So once again, you guys are really going to enjoy this. Go check out my man Josiah um, at the Fit Man Project on iTunes. I believe he's on Stitcher as well. Um, Very good podcast. And if you guys like what I do on this podcast, I am sure you will like him. He has a lot of fantastic guests on that podcast, including your boy, which I believe is airing the same time as this one. But if you guys like my content, You'll like his as well. Before we get into the show, I do have two quick announcements to make. The first one you guys are definitely going to be interested in because summer is right around the corner. I am launching a program called 16 Weeks to Summer. Now, I'm not going to give away too many details. All you guys need to know is that it is a fat loss oriented program, but it is what I call the strongest aesthetic training program you could possibly do. It is designed to get you shredded, get you lean, burn as much body fat as possible, but maintain, if not gain, strength and performance along the way. So this is for anybody who is stuck at a plateau or who is looking to get super lean before summer. It is going to be a more advanced training program, so intermediate or advanced individuals is probably going to be the best suited for this. Um, You're going to get full-blown individualized nutrition coaching with me along the way, and there's only seven spots available, but there's going to be eight of us because I am doing it with you. Yes, I need to get summer ready as well. I have been bringing my calories up. I've been building muscle. I've been gaining some size, and I'm ready to lean out for the summer. So the purpose of this is simple. We're about 12 weeks away from the summer by the time we start this because we're going to launch this April 1st. But I want to spend an extra four to six weeks with everybody after they get to their results, making sure that they can maintain that through the summer. As you guys know, I am very lifestyle-oriented, and I do not believe in quick fixes. Yes, I do believe I can get majority of the people who sign up for this their summer body ready in 10 to 12 weeks. That's the goal. But even for those individuals, I want to spend another four to six weeks with you teaching you exactly what we did to get that result and teaching you how to maintain that result for the rest of the time. Because if we get to your summer body and then you party it off as soon as summer starts – What's the point? I want you to finish the summer lean as you started the summer, and that's the goal with this. Now, if you are an individual who has more than 12 weeks to go, 
not a problem. You can still sign up. The point of this is if you are an individual who wants to completely transform your body, getting as lean as possible while maintaining performance and strength, and you want individualized coaching accountability and support, this is for you. You're going to get an exclusive rate to work with me. And again, it's a 16-week commitment, and we're starting April 1st. So there is an application form in the show notes. You can apply now. The application will get sent to my assistant. She will get in touch with you, and we will go from there. I am super, super pumped about this because, again, summer's right around the corner, guys. Now's the time to get shredded. And at the end of the day, I'm pumped because I'm going to be doing it with you. It's going to be an awesome time. Now, before we get started, one last quick announcement. I just want to mention my sponsor, Health IQ. You can go get a free quote on your life insurance today by visiting healthiq.com slash boom boom. And at the end of the day, as awkward of a conversation as it is to talk about life insurance, it's a pretty important thing to consider. So... If you are a bodybuilder, a crossfitter, um, a marathon runner, an athlete, if you are dieting, if you are practicing paleo or intermittent fasting or whatever it may be, if you are investing your time, energy, and money into being a healthier and fit individual and you're possibly going to be getting life insurance, which most of us should be, especially if we have a family or loved ones that we're going to be leaving behind, God forbid something happens, you want to look into life insurance and this is the best place to go. Health IQ is going out of their way to dive into studies and invest into making sure that we get the best possible rate. It's also why they're the fastest growing life insurance agency in the entire country. Really love what these guys are doing and the fact that they're supporting a huge worldwide community of fit individuals, making sure they get the best possible policy. Now, without any further ado, let's get on to the show with Josiah Novak from the Fit Man Project podcast. Josiah, man, welcome to the podcast. I'm excited to have you here because we are surprisingly uh, connected through multiple people. I didn't realize until we got on the phone, Jason Phillips, the Mind Pump guys. Um, it was really cool. And I'm excited to have a dad slash entrepreneur on here because as you know, we just talked about it. I'm, I'm going through that phase. So man, thank you for coming on the show. Oh man, it's my pleasure, dude. I'm glad we got a chance to connect. Uh, I'm excited to chat too. I know it's, it's a small world, dude. Everybody thinks it's so, so big, but once you start getting involved, you know, with the right people, then you start to make connections and you realize, wow, we all, we know the same people, you know, we're kind of involved in the same circle. So it's pretty, pretty sweet. It, it really, it really is that way. And it's funny. It's like a big spider web, man. Everybody is, everybody's connected. So, uh, my first question for you, man, is I would love to know how you got into the fitness industry. So why don't you tell the listeners like who you are and how you got into, because when we were on the phone the other day, like it sounded like you've actually done some other things as an entrepreneur, which I'm interested in. When you told me, I was kind of surprised because I figured you'd been in fitness your whole life. So kind of explain how you got into fitness. What transformation did you go through? So on and so forth. Well, my journey to working out began when I was just a kid, man. Uh, my dad was a big military guy, big into working out, very consistent with his fitness routine. Coupled with that, he was an abusive alcoholic. Uh, he was someone who had a lot of rage built up over the years. I think he came from a pretty abusive childhood himself and I was the oldest of six kids. And so I was the Guinea pig really for everything when it came to parenting for my parents, but my dad and his abuse with alcohol resulted in a lot of physical abuse towards me and my brothers. My, my sisters luckily didn't really get any physical abuse, but I suffered a great deal uh, in dealing with my dad and his anger issues. And so as a kid, I was always like angry myself simply because 
I always felt like I, I never had any power, right? I never had the ability to stand up for myself. I was always worried about my dad. I was always scared of my dad. And I watched him work out, right? I watched him do a million pull-ups, go run 20 miles and like do this crazy stuff for the Navy, right? And I thought to myself, well, I want to be strong like my dad, right? But then that turned into, I want to be strong to kick my dad's ass because I was sick of getting my ass kicked. I was sick of, you know, him being face-to-face -face with me, pushing me around and me being like, I can't swing back because I'm going to get my, I'm going to get my teeth knocked out, right? Right. And so... I, I turned to sports as a way to get away from that abuse, to get out of my house, really, because my parents fought like cat and dog. And they eventually got divorced when I was an early teenager. But leading up to that, it was a very chaotic environment in my house. And so we actually had uh, what we called a rec center. It was like a YMCA. It wasn't a YMCA, but it was like a local rec center where they had a nice little gym. And uh, it was about a mile from my house. So literally what I would do is I would go to school. I would play sports, go to practice, come home, do some homework. And then the rec center was open to like midnight. So instead of hanging out at my house with a lot of the craziness going on, when I was about 13, 14 years old, I started jogging to the gym to work out every night. And I did it because I saw guys in the, in the gym uh, or the guys in high school older than me working out in the gym in high school. And we weren't, I guess growing up, there wasn't a big emphasis on lifting weights at that age, but I saw the older guys doing it. So I was like, oh, I must be, that must be how they got so big and strong. Right. And so I started going to the rec center, working out, and I noticed a significant change, not just physically, but mentally. I started to really build confidence because to be honest, man, growing up in my house with an abusive dad fighting all the time, my mom screaming, you know, it was just crazy. Right. I never really felt comfortable in social environments. I always felt like I'm weird as fuck, <laughs> right? <laughs> and not me, but just where I come from. So everybody's going to automatically think that something's wrong with this guy, right? His parents don't love him or it's always fighting in Josiah's house. Like nobody wants to go there. So I felt insecure, bottom line. And I started to go to the gym, started to build some muscles. I'll never forget the first arm pump I ever had, dude. Like it was like, when Arnold said it was like coming, bro, I, and this is no <laughs> bullshit, I remember looking at my arm going, oh, my God. Like, yep. this is so fucking cool, right? And I was hooked. I was automatically hooked. In fact, looking back, I didn't even realize it, but I fell in love with working out. I was so heavily involved in sports. I always thought I was going to be a major league something, a major league baseball player, football player, whatever, um, that I thought, okay, that's going to be my future. But working out, man, like it gave me this high, right? It gave me this like incredible just energy and I started to get stronger. I mean, I, I legitimately got strong as shit to the point where when I was a senior in high school, now don't get me wrong, I was never ripped. I was actually pretty chubby in the stomach area in high school, but I was a really good athlete. And so I started getting accused of steroids because everybody saw me go to the gym all the time and they're like, fuck you doing, man? Like, you know, like you're getting, your arms are getting bigger, like your legs are getting bigger. Like, what are you doing? And so it's a compliment, man. Yeah. But back then, yeah, exactly. It was like, oh man, I love that. You know, I was like, yeah, so cool. So I fell in love with working out. Didn't really knew I was in love with it. I just knew that it made me feel good. Went to college to play sports, got injured. And uh, my sophomore year in college, I stopped playing sports completely. I, I was like, I, I can't rehabilitate anymore. I'm done. Like I'm just so over the shit. It's never going to work out. And so I started hitting the gym on a regular basis and I actually picked up um, Arnold's encyclopedia of bodybuilding 
And I started really digging into Arnold. Like Arnold was kind of my gateway to fully embracing just working out because dude, like if you, if you know how being an athlete is like, you don't really consider working out to be like what you do. It's like, just part of the process of being athletic, right? You know, like preparing for an event. Okay, I got to do, you know, one set of squats, blah, blah, blah. Like it's not really working out. It's just preparation for your athletic events. So I was in the gym and um, my identity was kind of in limbo because, dude, I I honestly, after sports, I was like, what am I going to do with my life? Like I I realized I hated school. (laughs) I couldn't sit still. I was like, I have the worst attention span in the world. I'm not gonna be able to listen to this bullshit for an hour about stuff I don't care about. I want to make money, right? Because I'm broke. My parents were not well off me. My dad was military. My mom was stay at home mom, six kids, you know, however much money. Yeah. I mean, we were broke. I, I always shared a room. Like I never had money, right? That was also another source of insecurity for me. And so I wanted to make money, but I knew I loved working out. So a buddy of mine who I met in the gym said, you should be a personal trainer. Long story short, I became a personal trainer in college, started training these rich kids who went to my school and made a little pocket change. Then I stopped going to school, moved up to Northern Virginia, right outside of DC and became a trainer up here, working crazy hours, splitting my money. Like I think the gym got 70%. I got like 30%. It was some bullshit. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I'm making, you know, 30 grand a year working 60 hours a week. This shit doesn't make sense. Right. Like this doesn't make sense. And so my, insecurity of being broke started to outweigh my insecurity of like working out and being this fitness guy and like wanting to have an identity with that. I never really addressed the issues head on that I had had from my childhood. Right. I never really sat down and figured out why do I always feel like shit? Why do I always get down on myself? Why am I so hard on myself and why can't I stick to a a plan? Why, why am I so in limbo all the time? Like, what am I going to do? Right. And so I was training this guy. He, I think he drove like a Corvette or some nice car. I don't, I don't know what it was, but I was like, dude, what do you do for a living, man? Like making money. You're obviously in the, he was training with me like three or four times a week, paying, you know, 500 bucks a week, like whatever it was. He was, he had money. And so I said, yeah. what do you, what do you do? He said, well, I'm a financial planner. I'm a financial advisor and I sell life insurance. I sell investments. He's like, why? Why do you ask? I said, well, I, honestly, man, I'm making shit here. Like I, I can't sustain having an apartment, living in the richest County in the United States. Like it, it was just brutal. And, uh, I said, plus on top of it, I'm so unhappy, man. I'm getting no sleep. Like it just sucks. And he's like, why don't you become a financial planner, dude? I was like, okay, what does that entail? So he kind of walked me through the process, had to take some tests. I was good at sales and for whatever reason, which is weird. Cause I was so insecure, but I was good at just kind of I guess bullshitting. <laughs> I, I don't want to say bullshitting because it, it was just kind of like maybe pretending. My mom was a great actress. She grew up in acting school. And so I think maybe that was just part of who I am. And so every good podcaster is a good salesman too. Yeah, I know. So I was like, well, I, inside I'm scared as shit to talk to people, but I'm like, wow, okay, it's coming out good. And you guys like what you hear. So cool. I guess I'm a good salesman. So I took the tests and got licensed to sell, sell insurance and investments. And, uh, I became, uh, an independent contractor. I basically started my own company. I had to, you know, register myself as a business. I had to, um, rent office space, uh, do all, do the whole nine. Right. And as a 20, at the time I was 22, 22 year old kid, 
no Rolodex, didn't know anybody well off. I mean, I had a couple of clients that were well off. So I started selling insurance and investments to all my friends and family. Anybody who would take my call, I was pitching, right? And so initially I actually did pretty well. I was making more money than I was as a personal trainer. But the timing of it all was, was really rough. It was right at the, the, the housing market crash, 2008, 2009. Everybody was losing their home. Everybody's 401k went down like 80%. Like it was just a nightmare. And so getting in front of people and saying, hey, I want to talk about investing money. They were like, who the fuck are you, dude? Like you're 22. You're calling me out of nowhere and get lost. And then on top of that, the people I had sold investments to and insurance, like permanent life insurance and whatnot, were cashing things out. They were like, dude, I can't do it anymore. See, they were canceling, you know? And so I'm all of a sudden going from making a solid, you know, six figure income in the first few months to making negative dollars for like six months. So I had been stupid and bought into this lifestyle. I thought it was going to be like boiler room or some shit, right? Like, oh yeah, I'm gonna get my Lambo. I'm gonna wear a suit. I'm gonna go to the city. And I was living it, man. I was living it. Like my insecurity was thriving, right? Like I was just like, my ego was so happy. Um, but inside I was still really unhappy. I, I completely lost touch with my health. Um, I was eating shit. I was drinking, dude. I was doing hard drugs. Um, I was talking to anybody and everybody. I was sleeping around, man. It was, it was brutal, dude. I was not a good person back then, but I say I wasn't a good person. I was just a lost person, right? Right. And so I woke up one day, <clears throat> broke as hell because all my clients had canceled their policies or I, and I was living off a of very low residual income, couldn't get a, a meeting to save my life. I look in the mirror, dude, and I was like, oh my God, I am so overweight, bro. Like I, I had realized the past six months of just stress and struggle and not making money and trying to cover bills and like all this stuff had put a toll on me. I had literally gained 80 pounds, man. I was 275. I think at my highest or wow. close to that. Now I hold weight really well. So like I'm an athletic guy. So like, you know, my legs were huge. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> I mean, people thought I was like squatting a thousand pounds because my legs were so massive. What they didn't realize was just a lot of body fat. And so um, I, I looked heavier. I mean, looking back in pictures, my face was, oh my gosh, it was bad, right? Bloated. It was just terrible. But I looked in the mirror and I guess the, the biggest feeling I had was that I failed, man. Like I failed. Life is just not for me. Like I am not who I set out to be. I thought I was going to be successful. Um, my dad, who I hadn't talked to in eight years or not even maybe six years at that point. Um, he had always told me the only way you're going to be successful is if you join the military. And I started thinking, man, I should have listened to him because even though he told me I wasn't going to amount to shit if I didn't do the military, I probably wouldn't be in this situation right now if I had just done that. I started to really hate myself. Um, I was unhappy. I was broke and I was overweight. And I'm like, you know what? Life is just not for me, man. Like I had no friends. The only friends I had were drinking and partying friends. No girlfriend. I had lost a girlfriend, had a horrible breakup. And um, I said, you know what? I'm just going to kill myself. Like that's it. That's it. Because honestly, dude, like I have nothing to live for. I mean, I'm going to lose. I got evicted out of my house. True story. Um, my car was about to get repoed and then I sold it, made it like a $2,000 profit and bought a beat up piece of shit. And here I am, this guy like in a, in a Northern Virginia, Washington, D.C. political atmosphere. Everybody thinks their shit doesn't stink. And I said, you know what, man? Like this, this shit ain't working out. Like it's, it's, this is it. This is done. So, so, yeah. so I, 
crazy story, first of all. That was way different than I would have ever expected. And I think a lot of people can see a lot. Of it. The cool thing is, is that you're successful now and you're happy now and you're healthy now. So it gives hope. So what are some of the foundational habits you built along the way to completely make that change? I'm interested in how you went from this position to where you are at now. Because one thing I always tell people is, and I'm usually relating this to fitness and nutrition, so maybe not as life-threatening, but you can't learn to get up if you never fall, right? So like you have to fall to get up and to learn how to not fall again. So I think there's a lot of growth and there's a lot of learning opportunities in everything you just said. So I'm curious of what were the biggest and the biggest habits you built to, to move forward and continue moving forward. Yeah. So, I mean, when I sat there and contemplated taking my own life, um, it was an emotional time for sure. I mean, I, looking back, I don't think I would have had the courage to go through with it. Um, even though a big part of me was just so down and so like dead to the world, I was like, doesn't matter. No one's going to care anyway. And so I remember, um, you know, looking for jobs, right. I was, I was desperate to find a job, uh, because I had lost it all with, with my financial planning business. And so I was searching for sales jobs and taking interviews and like doing all this stuff. And, wasn't really getting me anywhere. It was like, I was taking part-time jobs. I was doing whatever I could. And uh, I was spending a lot of time online because you're searching for jobs. You're always looking online. So when I was looking in the mirror and I'm like, I'm 80 pounds overweight, like, fuck man, I got to do something. Right. I stumbled upon a guy who I would credit for really sparking my whole fitness career when it came to actually building my career was Greg Plitt. Um, Greg Plitt was a guy who, for whatever reason, he just spoke to me like his, his message of it's a mental war. Like it's a mental war, right? Like it's, it's a, it's not about the physical, like it's just about doing what needs to be done in order to improve your life. Not sure what it was to be honest, really that that got me off my ass besides the fact that I really vibed with his message. He inspired me for whatever reason to get just moving like just get back to going to the gym and doing something like, and so I won't sit here and lie and say like, I was like a Rocky movie or some shit where I like, you know, start training, I'm hitting beef and stuff. Like it wasn't like that. It was like, okay, first step. Let me, let me get like some kind of routine to where I can still look for jobs. I can still, you know, get the energy to do that. Get, get back on my feet. Um, and not spend a whole shitload of money on stuff I don't need. So I just started doing like basic cardio, jumping rope, you know, walking, doing crunches, doing pushups, like just getting in a, in a movement pattern for like an hour a day. And um, coupled with that, I, I did lock down a job that actually was a little bit more stable, had a salary. And so I started to be able to, you know, recoup some of the lost money that I had, you know, that I had suffered from my business venture. And uh, started getting some momentum. What really changed the game though, dude, was I was in the gym one day and I was leaving the gym and I was still kind of in my weight loss phase. I hadn't really dropped a lot of weight yet. I was just trying to figure it out. And I ran to a group of people that had known me from my personal training days when I first moved up there. And they were like, wow, Josiah, like you've been packing on some size, right? And I was like, nah, it's like, <laughs> it's just pure fat guys. <laughs> like, you know, it wasn't, they were trying to be nice about it, you know, like, like trying to give me a, a kind of a backhanded compliment. And, uh, I said, well, I, I appreciate you guys like, you know, asking how I've been doing and stuff. And they were like, yeah, you know, I used to be so into fitness and like, kind of made me think like these people associate me with fitness, right? These people associate me with this trainer guy and it kind of reawoke like, or, or awoke some old feelings that I had in college 
of like being the fitness guy on campus, right? Like I'm the trainer. I'm a guy who can help people. I mean something. I'm not this sleazy salesman. I'm not this, you know, I'm not the snake in the grass. Like I'm actually somebody who gives a shit. And I like that feeling. Like I do. I, I want to be that guy. I want to make people feel like this guy, Greg Plitt, made me feel that I can do something with my life. I can save my life. It's not too late, right? And so in that moment, um, I didn't, you know, go out and create an LLC and like do all this shit. I was just like, you know what? I'm going to eventually have an online business. I'm going to. Like it's going to happen. I'm going to inspire people. I'm going to be a fitness person. I'm going to be a fitness influencer. But I just, I got to get my life together first. And so I began this journey of just getting my life together. And uh, as far as like what it took, man, I mean, a lot of trial and error, to be honest. Um, I, and it's funny you talk about coaching a lot. It wasn't until I actually hired a coach that knew what the fuck he was doing <laughs> that really got me squared away. Like I'd hired, I, I'd reached out to a couple guys who were like big bodybuilders and stuff. Because back then, man, before like Instagram and all that shit, we were just reaching out to forums. I mean, like I was on yeah. like whatever forum I could get help. And I think like, I won't drop names because I don't want to fuck anybody's shit over. But there was a couple guys who are still big names or were big names who like sent me the worst fucking diets. Like, um, and it was just terrible. Like, and, but it was a trial and error. And so um, a couple guys that, that did help me a lot were our, our good friend, Jason Phillips. Um, Jason and I go way back. We knew each other from the gym. Um, he, he offered a lot of help uh, and was very instrumental in helping my transformation. So like getting me back in shape. Uh, there was a guy named uh, Tyler. I can't remember his last name, but he runs a company called TNT Flexible Nutrition or something like that. And he was big on flexible dieting and teaching me that there were no such thing as like good and bad foods. It was just like, you know, how to balance your nutrition, how to properly um, set up a, a training routine. Because dude, like the certifications don't teach you all that shit, right? Like I had all these PT certs. It didn't really teach me anything. It was just like how to do exercises properly, how to structure workout routines. Like it wasn't like, okay, here's feedback that you're getting from your body. Here's what you should do. Here's calorie manipulations. Like it was none of that. Like I had to learn that. And so it took trial and error. I mean, a good probably four, three to four years of trial and error to truly lose all that weight and really walk around healthy and fit um, was what it took, man. So what, what effect does that have on your emotional well-being, your, your mindset, your confidence, because one thing I actually have some of my, uh, my brand shirts say this on the back says your body is the path to power. And I always tell people like, Hey, if you're struggling everywhere else in your life, attack your body first. Like if you change your body, you can change everything else. Um, because one, it creates like hope and possibility, right? If you can transform your body, you can do anything. Um, but I do believe there's like the mindset is so, and we've talked about this is so influential in making real transformation with your body what kind of mental shifts did you have and do you agree with that like once you started going all in on your body everything else started changing yeah dude absolutely i mean um it's funny everything kind of happened at once i started my own business uh, well, i started kind of building the groundwork for my own business uh, right around the same time that i met my wife and at the time when I met my wife, I was in what at the time I considered myself to be in the greatest shape of my life. Um, wasn't in like photo shoot shape or anything, but it, for me, I was in the greatest shape of my life. My confidence was through the roof. Um, I felt in control financially. I was doing better than I ever had. I had a stable career. Um, even though I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur, I just, I had to get some stability because of the situations I had put myself through. And so I remember meeting my wife and you know, if you would flash back 
three years prior to me meeting my wife, I would have never had the confidence to even talk to someone like her, right? I was like, oh man, she would have been out of my league, right? But in growing through taking care of my, my health, taking care of my body, I felt like I had, I had the, the resources, I had the confidence, I, I, I had the value to talk to her, right? I could stand there and hold a conversation with her and look her in the eye and say, I'm a guy who actually gives a shit. I'm someone who's worth your time. And that would have never happened three years prior to that when I was going through hell, right? And so coupled with that, I also had the balls to go, you know what? I'm going to start my own company and I'm going to do it right. And there's going to be a lot of growing pains. And uh, yeah, and so I did. I mean, I, I, my wife and I dated for, I think it was a very, it was like six months before we got engaged. Um, and then once we got married, which was very quickly after that, she got pregnant right away and we had our, our firstborn son and then my business was starting kind of all, all at the same time. But dude, <laughs> without a, a very solid health and fitness routine, none of that would have happened. None of that. Because I wouldn't have had the, the courage to do it. I wouldn't have had the, the drive. I wouldn't have had the energy. wouldn't have had the, the passion. Because um, I just wasn't taking care of myself. I, I would have been trying to serve from an empty vessel, um, which is one of the worst things you can possibly do. I, was, I had nothing saved up internally to give externally. Yeah. And, and you know what? It's funny because it's like a really cheesy saying is the whole airplane thing, right? Like put your mask on before you put anybody else's on. But that's kind of how I look at this. Like if you really take care of your own health, you really can take care of others so much more, especially with your family. Um, I'm interested in how you have developed and started moving towards that, that I wouldn't even call it necessarily fit dad movement, but I mean, I guess you could call it that, but you're kind of going down that path. And I see, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of a big topic right now. And I think it's funny because when I was at warrior con, which was like a wake up warrior workshop, like hundreds and hundreds of guys there, like there was something Garrett said, he, he said, uh, raise your hand if, if you're, because it's only males in here, raise your hand if you had a, issues with your father growing up. And I swear to God, 99% of the people in the room raised their hands. And it's funny how, I don't know if it was a generation thing where business, like making the money was the only thing that was important back then. And so they ignored their family and it caused this issue. And now all these dads are, are becoming entrepreneurs and becoming fit fathers and becoming family men and being at home more. And that's a really important message I see a lot in the media, which is great. It's something that I'm trying to integrate as I'm going into fatherhood. So what is your advice for people and how did you start really moving into that direction? And I'm, I'm assuming something had to do with your fatherhood growing up as well. Yeah, absolutely. I'm actually, I'm writing a book right now that's based around fitness and fatherhood and some of the lessons I've learned uh, that are crossed over between both areas. Um, you know, for me, I read all the dad books, right? I mean, when I knew I was going to be a dad for the first time, it scared the living shit out of me to be, be honest with you, because I was always the guy who said, I'm never going to have kids simply because of the shit I went through. I was like, I don't want to deal with that. Like, I don't want to be potentially a horrible dad. I also don't want to have the stress that comes with having kids and like, I'm not ready for that. And so when we got pregnant, it was really due to the fact that I trusted my wife and I knew she was an amazing person to team up with, to have a family. I wanted a family with her. Like I really wanted to create a family with someone like that. Um, it was the first time I'd ever felt like that in my life. Uh, swear to God, I never once before thought oh, I could have kids with this person, whoever I was talking to at the time. Right. And so going into fatherhood, um, you know, I, I thought I was going to be prepared simply because once I had like kind of come to grips with the fact I was having a kid and like the shock wore off, I go, okay, 
I know what it means to be a shitty dad. <laughs> so like, I'm going to be an awesome dad because I know exactly what not to do. Well, it's not true because you can read all the books you want. You can read all the baby books, the dad books, and this is why I'm writing my book. But I, I feel like there's no book yet that can really prepare you for being a father, especially if you're an entrepreneur, especially if you're someone who's so self-driven, someone who's had to be, you know, someone who's gone through a lot of bullshit, someone who um, is, is somewhat selfish, right, with your time. Um, nothing can really prepare you for being a dad because being a dad is, in my opinion, the biggest responsibility you'll ever have because there is so much that goes into it. There's so many things that kids, and this is why, like you mentioned, with the room full of hands up saying I've had dad issues, because without a strong father figure in your life, so many things can, can change mentally, physically, hormonally. Um, this goes for guys and girls, but for us guys, there's a misconception, right? There's this whole idea that we're stronger. We're fucking mentally built to be islands, to be these solo, you know, Han Solo's out there just fucking, you know, killing life, doing things on our own with or without a dad. But the truth is it's actually the opposite. Without a, a strong male father figure in your life, there's proven statistics that men are just not as successful. Men are either not as successful or they're internally a mess, right? And so as a dad and as a new dad, I thought, well, fuck, man, like that, that's the last thing I ever want to have happen. But when I was hit with fatherhood and being a young guy, still trying to like grind and do all this stuff and be a good husband too, because I'm still a new husband at the time, it was overwhelming. Like it was absolutely overwhelming. And so guys who are getting into that, my, my number one suggestion is to take your ego and fucking destroy it, right? Because the ego is going to tell you that you got to get it all done, right? You got to do this. You got to do, you got to be the best at this, the best at that. And I know it might be controversial, but what, what really changed the game for me was taking this whole idea of balance, right? And saying balance is bullshit. And what I mean is when you become a dad, you have to take a lot of things that maybe were a part of your life before that maybe took up some of your time, maybe were things you enjoyed or, or maybe things that, you know, maybe didn't give you a great return, but you enjoyed them a good deal. You got to trash them. Because you have to be able to invest a quality amount of time, a solid amount of time into being a dad. And you also have to understand with becoming a dad, there's also someone out there who's becoming a mom. So you have to support her in ways you didn't have to before. Because her whole world has been turned upside down too. So you now have to become that rock, that leader, right, in her life to ensure that she has things that maybe she didn't have, that she didn't have a need for before. Those things are now taken care of because she's, being, she's become a mom. So there's a lot of things that go down, right? And so um, my biggest advice, like I said before, with the ego is that that ego is going to be creeping up into your head telling you, dude, you got you to be great at business. You got to be fucking in shape. You got to be, you know, the king of it all. You got to do this. You got to do that. Truth is you can do all the important things, but all the not important shit has to get out, has to go. It has to, because that season that we talked about before of life that we go through where you're now entering fatherhood season or you're in fatherhood season, that has to be your priority. You can't go, okay, well, I'm spending two hours watching my kid, spending two hours watching Game of Thrones, uh, doing two hours with the boys every three nights, uh, doing two hours with my fucking, you know, having six hours of sex every week. Like, no, dude, 
It doesn't work <laughs> like that. You might be able to get back to some of those things in different seasons of your life. But when you have a kid, that has to become the center of your focus. Now, it doesn't mean you take your business and trash it. Doesn't mean you take your health and trash it. Doesn't mean you take your marriage and trash it. But it means that all the other not important things, they got to get the hell out for now, right? Because the, the, the fatherhood phase is one that will take a lot from you. Um, and it's a great thing, dude. Like, and, and this is not me saying fatherhood is so fucking hard and oh my God. It is hard in a lot of ways because it's new. It's a new challenge. Your, your, your kid's not going to come out and be this like, this, this clone that you made that you know everything about it. You know how it's going to operate. You know which buttons to push, which, <laughs> dude, it doesn't work like that. Your kid comes out with his own personality, with his own ideas, with his own temper. You know, I have two boys, year and a half apart. They couldn't be more opposite, right? And so one is very much like me. The other one is not like me. Both of them get on my nerves sometimes. Both of them are amazing sometimes. You have to learn your kids just like they're learning the world. And so that takes effort, man. And so I'm, I'm giving you a huge long-winded answer. But, you know, at the end of the day, as you, as you move into fatherhood or if you're in fatherhood right now and you're struggling, you have to understand that let's focus on, like your focus has to be on what's important, right? And, th and that for now could mean, hey, it's fatherhood, being a dad, being present. Fuck all that other shit, right? And that's okay. You'll get back to that. No, I, I actually love that answer. And I mean, especially obviously for me right now, but I think that's, it's good advice too, because I'm a big fan. I don't know if you've read the book, Ego is the Enemy. It's something that I've recommended multiple times and, and it's the same exact philosophy. But one thing I picked out of that too is self-expectations need, I don't want to say should be lowered, but you need to understand what's realistic at the time given, right? You said like, like we talked about on the other podcast was pretty much having those like phases in your life. And it's kind of that way. I shouldn't expect to be the number one businessman, the number one ripped guy on the block, the, the number one father, um, doing all these different things with my friends, all these different things. I have to lower expectations in other areas and just be happy with what I can balance and manage across the board while prioritizing that family thing. Now, one thing you brought up that I really liked as well was the whole island thing. Like we're men, we're strong, we're solo, we're independent. And, and I think that is like a... a a stigma for us, right? But it's not true. And it's becoming more prevalent throughout entrepreneurship, media, books, everything that like, yo, we can, we can open up, we can talk about these things. How do you balance that and being the rock, right? Like being the rock to make sure that everything is held down and still opening up, still making sure that you're in check personally, so you don't break down or burn out or mentally stress or anything like that. Because you're yeah. running a business. So I mean, it's, it's even more important for entrepreneurs listening. Yeah. So I, I don't want to, I, one thing you said that I, I want to address is that, you know, you can still be great in those other areas. You can still be phenomenal at business. You can still be in great shape. What it comes down to is being super protective of your time. You know, you have to be so dedicated to the things that are important that anything else that takes away from that time that takes away from things that are important, that just has to go. Like there, there can't be any kind of like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll cut out of work this time because I feel like doing this and it's not really that important, but fuck it. Like there can't be that, you know, you can be amazing at business. And one thing I think that like we just, like you just asked as far as like, how do you hold it down and how do you still have personal development and not be an island and all that stuff? I think that's where getting help really is such a big deal because when you are putting a lot of energy and effort into a new phase in your life, whether it's, you know, working out for the first time or whether it's becoming a father 
those other areas, you might need to bring in assistance to ensure that those areas don't suffer that much, right? Because let's face it, I mean, as much as I wish I could do everything on my own, I, I, a true smart businessman and smart father, smart husband knows that he needs help in a lot of areas. And so the big thing that's changed for me over the course of having two kids is that I've started to get more help. I've started to reach out and get things handled for me or you know, invest into people that can help me in areas that I'm really struggling. And then it comes down to being so protective of my time that I make really, really strong effort to have time set aside to make sure that my development isn't slacking, right? Make sure that if that means, okay, you know, a perfect example would be sleep. You know, when you're a new dad, you're not getting a whole lot of sleep for the, for the, at least the early stages. And so, you know, some people might go, oh, well, you know, I don't have time to wake up early. I'm fucking sleeping, you know, blah, 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 you know, four hours a night and it's tough. Right. But that's all well and good, but you have to understand that, you know, a year from now when your kid's asleep a lot better and you're, you're getting a little more sleep, you might regret not waking up 30, 40 minutes early to knock out some personal development or knock out some skill development or work with people that can help you in those areas and make time for them. Um, because now you're getting more sleep, but you wasted a year or six months that you could have just made a small sacrifice, right? A small sacrifice of 30 to 45 minutes sleep. It might seem like a lot in the heat of the battle, but eight, you know, eight months from now, a year from now, you're going to wish you took that time and invested and made that small sacrifice because fuck man, like, like I said, balance is such bullshit. You're not going to get eight hours of sleep every night. Like you're not, like, just be okay with that. Right. If you can, great. But there's always going to be something that gets sacrificed. It's just the nature of life, man. I mean, it's been that way forever. You, you know, with every good, there's a bad. And so you have to say, okay, what's, what am I most, what am I really, really focused on right now that I want to be great? You know, I, I want my family to be great. I want my business to be great. And I want my health to be great. Awesome. Anything else can kick rocks, right? That's it. And if that means I get 30 minutes less of sleep every night, so be it. That means I got to read and do some personal development instead of watching my favorite show at night. Okay. That's it, man. Like you have to invest in that time. Um, and so that's the advice I would give is, you know, don't get so caught up in the moment, but think long-term think I'm putting in work now. I'm just giving sacrifices now. So I don't have to later on. Yeah, like priorities is, is just prioritizing everything you need to do and being efficient with your time is probably going to be the smartest thing. And it's funny because actually just last week, uh, I was on the call with my mentor because I agree with you, like you should invest in people who have been there, who will help you, who will guide you. Um, I just recently hired an assistant, not like a few weeks ago, which has been a game changer for my time because she's handling so much more for me. Um, so these things are super important. And my mentor was like, you need super detailed time blocks. Like, that's the only thing I want you focusing on right now. Cause you can't go about just, Oh, I got some time. I'll answer some emails. And then later on, I'll do some more. Email. He's like, you have one to two hours a day and that's your time block for emails. Do not answer emails any other time. And it's hard for me to get a notification and be like, but I want to respond. Right. But at the end of the day, like you said, soon, I'm not going to have that choice. So I need to like prioritize that now. Um, so great, great advice, man. I'm curious about your book. So before we get closer to then, I want to know more about that. Can you lay out like the foundation, the structure, or what is this book going to entail? Because I would love to help pitch this on the podcast, especially when it comes out, because it's right up my alley. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's, it's right now titled Fatherhood Fit. Um, and it's all about how fatherhood and fitness really changed my life. But it's also really just chock full of the lessons I've learned uh, that relate to both health fitness and being a dad. Uh, because 
for me as a man, uh, that's what's most important to me right now. And I know there's a lot of guys out there going through the same thing, whether you're thinking about becoming a dad, whether you're about to be a dad, or maybe you are a dad um, and you're struggling. Um, those areas tend to be as men, some of the areas we struggle with the most, right? Because look around. I mean, like you said, the history of, of having father issues is pretty prevalent in today's society along with health. I mean, it doesn't take much to look around and see even in a gym, how many people are out of shape. I mean, I go in my gym almost every day and I see really no one who's in great shape, which is sad because they're there putting in the effort. And I'm like, man, like these people need help. So I want to bring all the lessons I've learned in fitness, how I've applied them to fatherhood, and then just kind of give a real raw behind the scenes look at what it means to be a dad. Because I've read every major dad book out there. I'm a huge reader. So when I was getting ready to have a dad, I ordered like 12 books and I was just like crushing them um, and thinking I knew it all and I was going to have it all figured out by the time my first son was born. Honestly, the books kind of set me up for failure because they painted this picture that was absolute bullshit. Now, that being said, I know every person who has a, a son or daughter is going to have a different experience. The kid's going to have different personality. It's going to have different needs, different wants. And so my story might not be the same as yours and that's totally cool, but there's probably some lessons that you can pick from my, my experiences, some things that I went through dealing with, you know, developing better patience, um, communication with my wife, um, developing that selfless attitude, uh, putting up with, changes to my schedule, putting up with, you know, things I really didn't want to do, like change dirty diapers at two in the morning and like <laughs> all the things that happen that's real shit. Um, and also scary shit. You know, I had my son, my second son almost died um, when he was three months old. No, let's see. He was six months old, um, fell from about six feet up, uh, landed straight on his head. And uh, we thought he was going to die. And that was the scariest moment of my life. And dealing with that and, and seeing him now and how perfectly healthy he is. Like, it's just incredible experiences that sometimes you go through, sometimes you don't, but either way, it's important to be prepared, but also relating all that back to health and fitness, you know, relating it back to what it really means to be healthy and fit routines that you can put into your life. They're going to be sustainable that aren't going to take up all day. So you don't feel overwhelmed. You don't feel like, Oh, I'm such a failure. I'm fat, you know, or I can't get to the gym or I can't do shit at home. I don't know what to do outlining a plan for, especially for dads. I mean, obviously moms can use this book too, but it's really geared, geared towards men who want to get control of their health and also be prepared for fatherhood or just improve as a dad. Um, and so, yeah, just talking about my history with my dad, some of the lessons I learned from him, um, some of the things I don't want to be that he, that he was, um, and some of the things that he was great at actually that I need to give him credit for that I need to apply to my life. But, um, but yeah, man, it's, it's my passion right now. It should be all written and ready by Father's Day. That's the goal. Um, and so I'm excited to release it. I mean, it'll be uh, a lot of emotion and stuff that goes into it because it's, it's very real, very raw. I wanted to paint like the most real picture of what it was like to grow up in a shitty environment with a dad, um, what it was like to become a dad for the first time, and then throughout the whole thing, being uh, healthy and fit and being an entrepreneur and the struggles that that comes with. Dude, that's I'm excited for it because it sounds like you're taking the personal development side of the whole thing versus saying all the different tactics or, or upsets your baby's going to have getting sick, doing this, doing that. Like it's, it's like, okay, let's focus on you, the dad during this situation, which I think is really, really powerful. And I'm excited to, to learn more about that regarding fitness and nutrition. What was your approach when you went through that? And then what is your approach for guys you coach who are going through fatherhood? Because obviously even me right now getting ready for a child, trying to 
adjust my schedule. I don't have time to be in the gym for two hours like I used to. And a lot of people will be like, oh, well, my gym routine's fucked. I'm not going to go to the gym anymore, right? When realistically, we can just adjust, make shorter sessions, do more frequent short sessions, do body weight stuff, whatever you need to do. The point is, is you're moving and you're staying healthy. So what was your approach and what is your approach that you give your guys you coach? Yeah, so I have non-negotiables each day that make my approach and, and the clients I coach um, pretty straightforward. I mean, uh, really similar to your style where movement every day is important, right? Um, I love going for a walk. It doesn't always have to be first thing in the morning, but just getting outside, even if it's cold, you know, toughing it out, just getting out there. Or if you don't like to walk, doing something like jump rope. Um, that in itself, I mean, there's really nobody who can't find more time in the day to just walk. And that doesn't mean you have to throw on workout clothes and you know, go out and do this professional power walk. It means like, Hey, if you're at your, at your job and you're busy and you have, you know, 10 minute breaks here and there and stand up and walk around, like, that's it. That has to be one of your non-negotiables as far as workouts themselves. You know, I love going to the gym. I've always loved it. It's been my sanctuary. It's been my getaway. It's like my therapy. I enjoy the atmosphere, but I've had to come to grips with the fact that I won't always be able to go to the gym with the schedule that I have. And so I have um, what's called plan A, and then I have plan B. Plan B is my home workout, right? So plan A is like ideal, go in the gym, crush it, do all the fancy shit, whatever. Plan B is I have a pair of dumbbells, some exercise bands, and a jump rope at home. Costs me less than 60 bucks. And I can crush an amazing workout. In fact, oftentimes way more difficult of a workout at home and in less time, 15, 20 minutes max, and feel incredible, right? Get that rush that I just crushed a workout. Um, so that's kind of my workout strategy. As far as nutrition, I'm a big fan of intermittent fasting simply because, not because of, oh, it's a magical tool or anything like that. It's just because of the lifestyle benefits. I mean, I don't, I'm not a professional athlete right now, so I don't, you know, compete. I don't need to be fueling my body in the morning and like doing all that shit. And that's great for those people who need to do that. I totally understand. But for us guys, who are just like, hey, I just I grind. I, I got to take care of my kids. I want to be lean, healthy. I want to look good with my shirt off. Intermittent fasting allows me to have more food when my family eats more. Nighttime, right? D big dinners. My kids come home from preschool. They like to eat. And so I don't want to be that dad that's like, oh, God, I got to eat like a chicken breast and like a half a cup of rice. Like I want to be the dad who's like, cool, I got a thousand calories left to play with. What are we eating tonight? You know, we, we eat healthy, but it's a lot of food. So it's a lifestyle thing. So I'm big into intermittent fasting. I'm big into a smoothie to start my day, middle of the day, because it's, it's not as draining on my digestion. So those dads who need to keep their energy pretty high, don't want to be bogged down by a big meal. Um, I do a smoothie. It's already liquid. It doesn't, you know, destroy me. It doesn't make me want to feel like I got to take a nap. It gives me a little boost, good health, all that good stuff. Um, and then for nutrition wise, like if I'm really hungry in mid afternoon, I'll usually stick to like a high protein salad of some kind. Once again, just fueling me up, not, you know, destroying me calorie wise, leaving me plenty of room for the night where I can enjoy a glass of wine with my wife, I can enjoy a snack, you know, while we watch a movie and my calories are still in line with my goals, whether it's fat loss, muscle gain, maintenance, whatever. And that's what I call, I mean, I dubbed it the power method. You know, it's a power walk, power smoothie, power salad, power feast. That's how we run our day. Um, and that in itself, and then power hour, if you work out. So that's like, you know, that's it. And, and nothing else needs to, you know, jump in. There's no other complications. There's no supplements that you need to take, you know, sleep obviously is important, but as far as the day to day, that's how I stay in control of my health and fitness. And that's what we'll be talking about in the book, but that's, that's really it. And it's very effective.
Dude, I love that. Super, super simple. And most great strength coaches you actually talk to out there have simple approaches. So I think that's golden. And, and I'm 100% in the same boat uh, for intermittent fasting. Not going to work for everybody, but for those who are busy, it's perfect. And it's funny because I'll get guys that I get on a call with um, who are starting coaching. They're like, man, my worst habit is I, I wake up and I just go right to work. I, I skip breakfast. So I don't feel like cooking. I'm like, cool. Do you want to just keep doing that? And they're like, seriously? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Like you don't need to eat that shit. So I love it, man. So last question I got for you is a personality question. I always do with all of my guests on the show. You're on a 10 to 13 hour flight to Japan from, from here. It's about 14 hours, but I don't know how long it is from there. You have 13 to, uh, hours on this flight. You're in the middle seat. You got two empty seats next to you. Who's sitting next to you. It can be alive or dead. Cannot be friends or family. Anybody you want to talk to. Oh man, it's a tough one. So for me, if I had to pick two people, I'm going to go with, and this is going to sound cliche, but in all honesty, I, I'd love to get a chance to meet Jesus Christ. Um, I know it, it's it maybe <laughs> kind of a typical answer, but I'm a Christian. And so I, I would love to be able to go back in time and be around Jesus. I think that would just be incredible. Um, and so having a chance to sit on a plane with him for you know, a flight would just, that would be obviously life-changing. Um, so that's, that's one. And then, uh, number two would be Arnold, Arnold Schwarzenegger, man. That, that guy inspired me to do so much with my life, um, to get a chance to sit down and have a conversation with him, hear stories that maybe he's never told before or hear just how, you know, he would go about being successful today, um, is just something I would love to do. So yeah, Arnold and Jesus, man, those are my, those are my top two. All right, guys, that is a wrap. I hope you enjoyed the show. I know I did. It was perfect advice for somebody stepping into fatherhood, especially a busy individual like myself. So I know I got a lot out of it. So I hope there are some parents out there or some coaches who are helping parents that could relate and could take a lot away. Before I uh, sign off, I do want to commend you guys for listening. I, I seriously appreciate you guys tuning in. I seriously appreciate all the subscribers. If you're not subscribed, do me a favor, subscribe. And I truly appreciate all the five-star ratings and reviews. They've been coming in more and more. It warms my heart. It makes me happy. It fuels my fire. And I cannot thank you enough for being here today. I know it takes time, energy, and just away from your day-to-day life to be here, to invest in yourself, and to educate yourself on being a fit and healthy individual. And I appreciate you for that. And I appreciate being a part of that journey. So thank you for listening. If you guys want to check out any more information or free content from me you can go to boomboomperformance.com i highly suggest you go check out the youtube channel youtube.com slash boom boom or you can check the links in the show notes for both of those things we've been putting a lot of effort into the youtube channel lately um, and it's all centered around what you guys ask so i get questions every single day practically on instagram facebook or through my email And I take those questions, I not only answer them individually as much as I can because I do try to make sure I'm I'm reaching out to the people who reach out to me, but then I create videos that are anywhere between 5 to 15 minutes long telling you exactly what you need to hear to get you through the struggles that you asked about in those questions. So if you have a question for the podcast or for the YouTube, do me a favor, subscribe to the podcast, go subscribe to the YouTube channel and hit me up on Instagram at Cody.BoomBoom. You can DM me any question you have, or you can comment directly on the videos. Last but not least, if you're interested in any of my training programs, you can get involved in the 16 weeks to summer program that is going to be available for seven individuals for a limited time by clicking the application form in the show notes. It'll be the first link that is clickable besides Josiah's information. You can also click 
the ones below to get functional muscle, my uh, nine-week phase training program, or Nutrition Hierarchy, the all-inclusive guide to mastering your diet, as well as individualized training and coaching from your boy, Cody McBroom. So that's all I got for you guys today. Once again, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you all. I'll catch you next time. Thank you.